You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Start uh, with grace. So if you're going to, you know, try to differentiate them, or, you know, people need, in, in our culture today, they need to know um, that they are in a safe place where they can share the things, the, the wounds and the fears and the hurts that they have. And uh, so I think if we start with grace, we create an opportunity for them to be more open with that. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. Today, joined by two special guests. First, we have lead pastor Jose Avaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. And we have teaching pastor Sean Stover, Dr. Sean Stover, maybe I should say. Thank you. Yeah. It's good to have you here with us. You had a great message yesterday, kind of as we continue unpacking the new mission statement under a series titled, It's Simple. And this week's focus was on loving people. So Sean, I'd love to first kind of just open it up, hear your thoughts as you kind of prepared for this message, kind of what were some of the things as you began to process and kind of put your message together? This was a message that it's not one of those, golly, where am I going to look to research to find you know resources? The whole book is full with resources yeah. on uh, loving people, and it's really what God's been all about from the beginning and what He's still about and will always be about. So the bigger issue for me was how do I narrow down from a topic this large to yeah. something that's actually uh, applicable and practical and, and clearly in context with what we're trying to teach otherwise? It's also just exciting because, you know, I'm, I'm a believer and I have been for a long time. This is what I want to do with my life. I want to love God and love people. And so, you know, it's just a fresh reminder for me, wow, this this is my mission. I don't think about it probably as much as I should. You know, I'm not saying that right. I don't focus on it probably as much as I should, but I hope I live my life daily somewhat in line with that. And so... Uh, it's a big topic, a lot yeah. to kind of get get my arms around. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I'm really sure good. Taylor's going to ask this, but I'll jump the gun. Ooh, I really loved, Sean, how you said it's simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. That took me a few hours to really unpack after afterwards because sometimes like, no, 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 wait, simple does mean easy, but that's it's not true. And this is a great example. Yeah, of uh, how that's the case. That's absolutely true, I, and that's from my career. You know, being a marriage counselor, honestly, the things that take it takes to make a great marriage are fairly simple. <laughs> I mean, they really are, and I tell people that a lot. But if I told them it was easy, they'd walk out and reject anything else I had to say because the reality is it's not easy. And so that's where that comes from from my life is the realization that in my marriage, what I need to do to be the right husband is simple. Pulling that off is not easy because it requires things that, simple things, but that cost a lot, sacrifice, and uh, you know perseverance and forgiveness and setting my own needs aside and things that um, again they're simple but they're not easy and I think that's kind of this whole thing this miss mission that God has us on it it's simple He's clear mm-hmm. um, but it's not easy because we live in a fallen world with an enemy that wants to take and knock us out and rob and kill and destroy so but it is a fun concept kind of that play on words that simple but not easy yeah I mean. It reminds me of the gospel. It's a simple message. You, you started the message that way. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God loves us. There was a chasm. Sin separated us from him. 
He made a way back to us, sent Jesus. He bridged the gap. Now we can have a relationship with the Father through the Son. It's simple, but it's not yeah. easy. Yeah. It's a lifelong journey yeah. that we're on to further our relationship with the Lord. And um, yeah, that spoke to me yesterday. Yeah. It's a good reminder too, the simplicity of the gospel, but th that wasn't easy for God. No. That wasn't easy for That's Jesus. Right. I mean, he sent his son, he watched him hurt. He, Jesus himself sacrificed himself physically yep. um, for us and went through the anguish. And so there was nothing easy about what he did, but mm -hmm. thankfully it, it creates a simple pathway back to God. Yeah, that's really good. And something that you mentioned, even just as far as when we unpack kind of these key questions, whether it's why, who, what, and then maybe even just at the end, what's keeping us from loving others. But going back to kind of the why and just how you kind of honed in on Jesus's last message and just kind of unpacking that as far as one of the parting messages. And he emphasized over and over as far as just such redundancy in his in his teachings. Uh, I just want to ask both of y'all kind of how do you navigate? We talk about this idea of a simple truth of loving people. And I think if people heard the title, they're like, okay, yeah, I hear that in church. I'm, you know, I've, I've heard that before. How do y'all, like, as you hear a, a message like that, whether it's the the redundancy of the gospel or the redundancy that we should love people, how do you kind of keep that fresh in your own walks? Because I think it can, at least for me, it can be easy to kind of check that box and say, okay, I learned that years ago, like ready to move on. So how do y'all keep that kind of fresh as you, particularly when it comes to loving people, as far as just studying and learning that? Yeah, that's where the big gap between knowing something and putting it into action really is, you know. I mean, I think we all know it. It's all checked off in our box of, yeah, I'm supposed to be loving people. And then we find people every day that, man, it's pretty easy to love. You know, it's easy to love that person or that person. Or it's easy to be, you know, I, I, I love... Uh, this one person that works at the quick check up there, and I'm in there a lot, you know, in town. And, you know, I, I love encouraging this person. I, I love that I know her name. Now she knows my name. And, you know, we have this kind of, you know, it's like that's a fun person to love. But I don't have to go, I don't know what she does at home. I don't know what else is going on in her life. I don't know, you know, how hard a person she is to live with. And so that's where the rubber meets the road. It's like loving people is easy. It's it's the the thought of it. But man, actually putting it into practice when they're not really lovable, that's when it starts to get challenging for me. Yeah, likewise. And the consistency, it's a, it's a never-ending goal. It's a never-ending mission. We're called to love. So to answer your question, I think I have to be really honest with myself. How am I doing really in loving people and then calling out individuals and making sure that my motives are pure, that... I'm trying to love them the way that Jesus loves them rather than with some sort of personal agenda or so that that friendship or that that relationship benefits me. Um, Jesus didn't do that. I mean, mm -hmm. Jesus glorified himself uh, or, or the father was glorified through Jesus, right? But he did that for us. It was for our sake that, that, he, that he loved us. And so um, trying to imitate that is hard. It's really, really hard. And um, I think being honest is really, really important. You said something there, Jose, about, you know, so that it's not just for our benefit, you mm -hmm. know, and I think that that's the challenge that 
1 Corinthians 13 does in there says love's not self-seeking. And, you know, if I'm honest, a lot of times that's kind of where my love goes. You know, it's like, well, I know if I love that person or if I answer that call or if I give that person a loving response, it's going to benefit me because that's the son of somebody that, you know, I respect or that's the, you know, and it's (laughs) like, man, it's just easy to fall into that trap. It's like, no, I'm not going to call that person back. I don't know him, but I'm going to refer him to somebody. But no, that person I should probably call back because Mm -hmm. I'm, man, it's... all of a sudden, I start unwinding. I'm like, I'm not really good at this stuff at all, man. I'm really self-serving sometimes when it comes to loving people. Yeah, I remember early um, first year of our marriage, I would always ask Taylor things. And one time she asked me, um, why, did, why did you ask me that? She's, and, and I told her, you know what? I really asked you that so that you could ask me that same question <laughs> because I wanted to tell you. And she said, do you realize how selfish that is? And... She called it out, and that conversation called it out, but that's how my brain had been wired to ask questions for a long time, and I didn't realize. I didn't realize how selfish that was until that moment, and since then, now I'm aware that I can tend to ask questions for selfish you know, reasons, and so I, I've learned to stop myself. I'm not perfect, but I've learned to stop myself more often than not and, and truly ask the question just to hear the other person rather than, can you ask me that question? Because I got something really good to say to them. I'm, I'm picturing Jose in his house saying, Taylor, do you, do you want a sandwich? And her going, no, I don't want one. Well, I'll take one. Thanks for asking. <laughs> it's like the question Christina was asking you to take out the trash. Yeah, yeah over and over and over. Oh man, we men, we're struggling. We're trying to get it done. How about you, Taylor? So you're good at loving people. You yeah, really you are, are, man. You I feel are. loved when I'm with you and, um, I see the way that you care about people around you. Like, where do you think that, where'd that come from? Well, I mean, I, oh, that's a loaded question. I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's truly just, uh, without being too cliche, I think not only God's love for me, but just even the people that God has surrounded me with and just giving me, whether it's loving parents, loving friends, uh, recognizing that and just, I don't know. I think part of it is also just intentionally trying to think about how can I love someone better? How can I just kind of exude that to other people? So, so I don't really know if there's yeah. an exact practical answer to that. Well, but. you really are, man. You serve people well and uh, you affirm people, you encourage people and your, your willingness and your good natured, I mean, showing up is a big deal. So. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Sean. It means a lot coming from you. I do appreciate that. I'd love to kind of ask you all about the who as far as in the next question here and talking about you mentioned neighbors and how neighbor can be just a person next to you. This may be a loaded question for both of y'all, but how do you kind of even just, I don't know, like ideally we'd love everyone, but how do you even just kind of discern who to love or how to prioritize. I mean, it just starts to get a little, when you actually start to apply this and someone's thinking, okay, this week, how do I know who God wants me to love? How do you both figure out kind of how he calls you to do that? Or what does that, what does that kind of look like? Actually, I don't know if it's a loaded question, but it's a great question because there is discernment required. Um, one, in that the opportunities are limitless. I mean, there are hundreds of people yeah. we run into at least on yeah. a daily basis that all deserve and need and, and want love. So how do we discern which ones? Um, 
you know, in, in not in a non over spiritualized sense, I hope, you know, the prayer is a quick one. You know, it's, yep. it's Lord, how much do you want me to engage this person? Or Lord, who's here in front of me that I really need to put some energy into today? And I think he'll answer that prayer. I think, I don't know if he'll say it audibly, but he'll point you towards somebody or bring somebody into your path. And, um, but I also think the other side of that is that boundaries are important because there are people that will take advantage of the love that you have for them. Um, and instead of kind of carrying their own load, they'll just kind of be a, a suction into the love that you have. And, and, and you, you know, I don't know, I'm sure we all have run into those people that you try to point back toward the Lord consistently, and yet they're more interested in, in what you have to say or what mm. you have to offer. And it starts to feel like, man, if I'm gonna be with this person, it's gonna really be a drain. And uh, there's times for that to happen and you need to be with that person. But there are also times when you have to set a boundary. So I just think it takes, it does take wisdom and discernment to know we don't have, God has a limitless supply of love. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure, maybe we do, maybe we don't, but I know we have a limitless, we have a limited supply of time and energy. Yeah. And so where we put those takes some wisdom. Yeah, you said two things that I would piggyback off. One is prayer, not only personally, but a way to love people is to pray for them. Because no one loves them, like you just said, no one loves them more than God. And so when you pray for somebody right there in the moment, maybe you're not able to spend some time, and it is cliche to, as, as, as Christians to send a text praying for you, well, actually do, <laughs> actually pray for them. And when you do that, then there is going to be power in you saying that, that you're actually praying for that person. Um, and again, you're just saying, Lord, I'm not there with them, but you are. And so you can really intercede uh, for them in that time. And and that is loving people. And the second is um, making sure that we are not the savior in a a relationship. And I know I can succumb to that. My nature, uh, I tend to please people. And so I actually enjoy being needed and wanted. And being a pastor is a dangerous thing for people like me because we can get caught up in pleasing people and, and having people come to me rather than God. But our role as believers is not to point people to ourselves, it's point to people to God. So as God loved us, so uh, Jesus, I think it's in John 15, 14. Um, Man, I'm not gonna get it right, but love others the way that I have loved you is what Jesus is saying in that Mm -hmm. passage that you read yesterday. And so we need to make sure that people know where the endless amount of love is. And it's Mm -hmm. not found in people, it's found Mm -hmm. in relationship with Jesus. And so always pointing back um, to him, I think is a good boundary and uh, really healthy for us. And we need to be doing that um, ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good. I appreciate y'all's answers on that. I'd love to kind of unpack kind of the next part, Sean, you talked about, which is what is love and kind of defining that. And one of the big things you talked about was love is grace and truth. That could be a whole message in of itself, could be a whole series yeah. probably. Uh, I would love to ask y'all kind of as you, one of the things, Sean, you mentioned just, the nature of relationships, it's complicated, it changes, it's fluid. Uh, and so as we try to apply on this continuum of grace and truth, where, you know, am I too, am I showing too much grace and kind of on the tolerance front? Am I too much truth on the on the judgment side? I'd love to kind of hear y'all's thoughts on, as y'all have walked through many relationships and alongside the Holy Spirit and trying to figure that out within yourself, what are maybe some, I don't know if warning signs is the right way, but what are some ways in which you can kind of start to tell, oh, I'm, I'm kind of venturing a little too much into the grace category. I'm, I'm venturing a little too much in the truth. How do you, maybe what are some common kind of things you've noticed that as you've kind of walked through 
life that you've kind of wanted to say, oh, I need to kind of move back towards kind of that, that balance? I think that it, it, in relationships, it, it's usually helpful to start uh, with grace. So if you're going to, you know, try to differentiate them or, you know, people need in, in our culture today, they need to know um, that they are in a safe place where they can share the things, the, the wounds and the fears and the hurts that they have. And uh, so I think if we start with grace, we create an opportunity for them to be more open with that. Um, I think that's where, though, so you got grace, you're offering grace, you're sharing, you're listening, you're understanding, you're showing compassion. And then the Spirit prompts us as to when, you know, a truth needs to be shared. You know, what do they need to hear in this moment? And, uh, you know, if you find yourself with a person over and over again, you're just validating the mistakes they're making or they keep kind of coming back to the same place or going to the same addiction or mm-hmm. uh, finding the same wounds and they, they waller in that. You know, that's where truth comes in. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the loving thing to do is not let them sit in that, but actually to kind of pull them out of it. And so... I don't know exactly, Taylor. It's really hard. I think for me, it, it's a feel thing. It's a using the discernment God's given me thing. I don't know that there's hard and fast rules um, outside of, and I'll give it some thought when Jose answers. But for me, it really, I start with grace primarily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we got a lot of people in the news out there that just want to start with truth, and it's, it's easy to reject that and just change the channel. Yeah. Um, but what really wins people over is grace, and that's what. God has done for us so powerfully, has shown us grace. But as we mature as believers, he continues to bring more and more truth into our life and say, no, to be my disciple, mm-hmm. you receive the grace, but now you've got to you've got to walk in the truth that I have for you and be obedient to my commands. And um, so maybe it's a one-two kind of, and then from there it's a balance going forward. Yeah, that's good. I think that we need to talk a lot more about this because this is where we find ourselves more often than not in relationships, especially when things do get real and do get tense. How much truth do we pour in? How much direction? How much Bible? How much, you know, um, hey man, I really have something to say to you about this right now versus how much empathy, how much sitting in, in, in praying and just, man, I hear you. I validate emotion um, because we, we need both of those so badly. You hear so many, you hear our world, our culture screaming out for just someone listen to me. Mm-hmm. And then someone correct me. They may not say it that way, but they're asking for it. I think of kids, my little kids, when they do something wrong and then stare at me, <laughs> they want correction. They're, at, they're, they're, they're challenging me to love them by correcting their behavior and saying, you know, you know th- what they want to hear is, dad, I want you to care for me and, and, and direct me. We all have that tendency, even now as grown adults, we need correction. And that's what the Bible does. And that's what we're called to do as believers is to point each other. So two things that came to mind, um, they're both biblical, Matthew 18, go to that person and just do so in, in a, in a, in a posture of love. You said something grace first, uh, Sean, which is so deep. I think that means giving that person the benefit of the doubt and, um, really giving that person. Yeah. Grace, not bringing accusations. Say, Hey, I realized something's off what's going on. And then uh, after that, uh, there is some sort of 
corrective measure that needs to take place, be it, um, you know, God wants better for you or mm-hmm. um, this is just not the healthiest thing for you. Uh, but I love what Ephesians 4 says. Rather, uh, so Paul is writing, he's talking about the body of Christ, gifts, and then he says, um, so rather than being tossed to and fro by the waves and carried away by every wind of doctrine, speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. And when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's the goal, is for Mm -hmm. us to grow each other in love. And so that means speaking the truth. That Mm -hmm. means in love. That means sitting, listening. So anyway. Those are the two verses that that came to mind, but I do think it is very much a discernment. And um, I think or, I think that's good. I, as as I reflect back, Jose, what you're saying, you know, and going to people, and you just look at Jesus, and they brought, you know, a couple of different times he had a woman either mm-hmm. show up or brought to him. And I think you can watch that interaction and see the difference between grace and truth and see it play out in both of them. And I think he starts with grace both times. But here's my concern. I think that if if we as believers representing Jesus, if our grace ends up feeling like we condone the behavior that somebody's doing or mm-hmm. we endorse the behavior that somebody's doing even mm-hmm. further, yeah. then we've crossed the line. Because it's very clear in those interactions, Jesus wasn't saying, I agree with what you're doing. I support what you're doing. Yeah. Continue Go what you're no doing. More. Yeah. yeah, he was very clear. Like he, And he spoke it out. He said, this is exactly what you're doing. We're not going to do that anymore. You need to go forward. He brought truth. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no chance that either of those those women left feeling like, oh, he he loved me so much. I should. He's cool with me doing what I'm doing. You know? And I think that's where we got to be careful as believers because mm-hmm. sometimes our grace can go to the point that we we do get to tolerance and mm-hmm. we people are like, well, they're no different than ever. They, they they accept everything that we're doing and all the mm-hmm. behaviors that we have and. Man, I don't. That's not going to help us make a difference in mm-hmm. the culture. It, it may make us more popular, um, but it's not going to make us more winsome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I look back at my life. I am so grateful that I have men and have had men in my life that have called me out and have questioned not my motives, um, but actions that have led to. Well, actually, this is my motive, and that's not right. And so it has, it's, it's a posture of confession. And then mm-hmm. once, once that comes to the light, then there can be, when there's humility and, and, and understanding that something needs to change, that's when the growth happens. Um, but yeah, we don't need another excuse. We're really good at making excuses about why we don't, you know, do X, Y, or Z. Uh, yeah, X, y, or Z. Um, so Calling it out, I think, is yeah, is, is super super important in our culture. Question: ran, Random uh, thought. What do you think we need more as a culture? Do you think we need more grace, or do you think we need more truth? Let me. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> you should qualify it some more if you want. <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> oh, I think we need the and. I think we need the end. I think we've got way too many people that are all grace and we've got way too many people that are all truth. And what our culture needs is the end. It needs a bold group of Christ followers who say, it's not either of these extremes, you guys. Mm -hmm. It's both that make it beautiful. It's both that make love. It's both that make the message Jesus was trying to share. 
Um, we all fall short, and by God's grace, we are saved through faith. And then we walk out the truth that he laid out before us because obedience is what he commanded, dependence and obedience. And if we walk in that, we love him back. And mm -hmm. we get the biggest blessing out of life when we follow that. So it's the end. Preach. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I'd love to kind of camp out kind of this final piece that was more on the how do we love and kind of just the practical nature of that. One thing I love that, Sean, you spoke on yesterday was just the idea of how we can uniquely love, how God has just gifted us in certain ways to love. I'd love for you to kind of unpack that a little more and even just the part about how does, you know, what if someone's like, I don't, I don't know how I love, I know, it sounds kind of yeah. silly, but they, if they admit, they're like, yeah, I don't really know where my gifting or what my unique place is. How would they kind of go about maybe finding that and kind of just, how would they kind of, uh, yeah, I'll start with that question. How, yeah. do they, how do they go about finding that? So I've got a friend, Gary Chapman, man, he's an amazing man. He wrote this book called The Five Love Languages. Yeah. And uh, outside of the Bible, it's the number one most sold marriage book in the history of the world. And it's so simple. It's just these five things. And a lot of people have heard of it. A lot of people listening to this have probably heard of it. But the premise is that we have certain ways that we like to feel loved. But if you flip the book upside down, really it also, he doesn't write it this way, but it tells us that, well, there are different ways that we love, can show love to people. And mm -hmm. so his five love languages are, you know, affirmation and gifts and acts of service and quality time and physical touch. Physical touch. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good place to start is the reality is we all have different ways that we can love people, you mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. um, so we like to think about what we like to receive, but the reality is we've been wired to give in certain ways too. I mean, my dad is a huge, he loves people through physical touch. And man, I hear people say, I miss hugging your dad. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I miss a hug. For, I could use a hug from your dad right now. You know, and that, that seems small, but that's really love to some people. So that's a real thing. And I, I talked about Christina's ability to affirm and encourage um, that's that's an amazing act of love. Um, you know, we were just talking about grace and truth. The Bible actually says that we're supposed to speak the truth in love. There are actually people that re are really good at that. They can deliver a truth to you, and you're like, that is so loving. And there are others that deliver it to you, and you're like, that just punched me in the face. <laughs> that, did, that did not feel loving at all. <laughs> so we all have, the, yeah, I could keep rambling on. You yeah, know, yeah. the ability to listen and uh, understand people is a great way to love. Um, just being present for folks is a great thing. Showing up, um, serving absolutely is uh, an act of, of love. And uh, I think that what Paul was getting at there in that Ephesians 4, 7 is, hey, uh, don't look around too much. Just mm -hmm. kind of look inside and, and pray and ask the Lord, how'd you wire me? And let me show up this way. We're, we're not Jesus. Jesus had them all. He had every way to love. We we only represent one facet or a facet or reflect a facet of who he was. So, yeah, that speaks to the beauty of diversity and how awesome God is. That's what that yeah. says to me. And, and that's, that's why amazing. as a body we come together. That's right. Um, and it's it's so much greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I love the kind of final question here about just kind of 
you touched on kind of some of the things that get in the way of loving others. And so I know there was kind of a, a longer list that you kind of laid out uh, yesterday on Sunday, but I'd love to kind of just maybe just get both of y'all's thoughts, kind of just your hot take on just kind of ways in which you can uh, fight against those. And I know some of those are very specific, but just in general, what are ways that maybe just some habits or disciplines that we can just kind of put into practice this week to kind of just help us make us someone that, that loves people better? I'm going to go back to last week, not because I preached it, but because it's true. <laughs> and that is love God. Uh, guy, the yesterday morning after first service came up to me and said, I have a really hard time uh, loving myself. I can love others really, really well, but I just can't seem to love myself. And so we went back and forth, asked him some questions. And then um, finally, um, he was an amazing, I mean, he was definitely curious and seeking. And so finally I said, sir, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And he said, absolutely. And I said, well, then let's pray that he would reveal the love that he has for you and show that to you so that you can love yourself the way that he loves you. Because again, in my life, I didn't share this with him, but in my life, sometimes I've tried to prove to myself how great I am or how loving I am by loving others. And so when I point to his love for me or when I focus in my relationship with Jesus, then that frees me to love others in a much better way and in a way that actually reflects his love and not something that's just coming out of me. So that's what I would say. That's good. Candid uh, staff disclosure. I, I will tell you that uh, Jose and I had a, had a good 15-minute uh, debate a few weeks back about the whole idea of yeah. loving God because— yeah. Uh, I was uh, on the side of the fence that, hey, listen, part of our mission is to receive God's love, yeah. not just give love to God. And I think if we receive God's love well, then we'll be able to love people better and, and make disciples. And um, he's the lead pastor, so obviously he ended up winning, <laughs> and he he swayed me to uh, the reality that loving God really is a two-way street. Mm -hmm. It's it's receiving love from him and giving it back to him yeah. through that dependence and all-in, wholehearted focus on him and obedience. And uh, so, so it is both. When yeah. he says loving God, and you said that clearly yeah. in your message, that it's about receiving from him and um, giving back to him. And that's why we're stopping the service after the message for a moment to receive God's love and whatever yeah. he uh, has for us because we can't function long-term on our own energy, on our own yeah. battery life. We run out, yeah. so we gotta recharge and he's the source, so. Yeah. One of my many soapboxes, Taylor, is that, uh, man, that really in God's economy, he's first, we're second, and everybody else is third. And, and that goes against these camp bumper stickers and things that are on marquee signs and churches and everything that says God first, everyone else, and then us last. And I really believe the scripture bears out what I'm saying. And that's, so your question was, how do we overcome those obstacles yeah. that prevent yeah. us from loving? And I think that that's it. We have to realize that a loving God when we're full, we can't help but overflow. Um, we put a pool in the backyard and I was filling it with water back there. And you know, if I don't turn that water, it doesn't matter if I want it to not overflow. If I keep filling that pool, it, the water is eventually gonna spill out and there's no way to stop that. That's how our lives are. No matter what obstacle the enemy tries to put in our way, if we receive God's love, yeah. we can't stop from overflowing that. Yeah. To other people. And that's why Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace so that you would overflow with that through the power 
of the Holy Spirit, you know, and that we love others because he first loved us. And with his love, we then, you know, can do great things. The John 15, you know, 13, 14, you were just mm-hmm. talking about a second ago. May, may my Jesus and may my joy be in you so that your joy would be complete so that you would overflow. And then you would love others the way I have loved you, that formula consistently. So we could go one by one and try to pick those off and how to counter them. Um, but the overarching strategy is just get so connected. And, and actually, earlier in John 15, he talks about the vine and the branches. And that's the answer as well. You know, you stay connected to the source, stay connected to the vine, and you will produce fruit. And so uh, I love the order. Love God, love people, make disciples. We've got to start with loving God and being loved by Him. And then that allows us to love people. And if we love people well enough, I don't know, I guess Jose's going to do the next one, but surely we'll be able to make some disciples, <laughs> right? It's going to be fun. <laughs> Can't wait. That's right. That's right. Well, thank y'all both for this awesome conversation and stay tuned for more. Thanks, Dave. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.